Consulting, covering Michael, with special guest, Michael Van Bodegum-Smith. Enjoy the episode. And we're recording. I'm just going to start right off the bat, before we've said anything else, and just offer the, the contention that if I told you John Travolta is in a movie um, about an, him as an angel, and I were to show you his whole filmography, and you could choose one of these movies to assume he's playing an angel in it, which one would it be? Because for me, it would be the movie called Eyes, Eyes of, of an, an Angel. angel. <laughs> yeah. <right>. Instead... <laughs> We, we, we are entering a new world. Um, a world of Michaels. A world of angels and demons. <laughs> a world <laughs> of good and evil. A world of right and wrong. A world of ethics and uh, morality. A, a world in which he's an angel, not a saint. Because this week, folks, as you heard in that intro, we're covering the film Michael. Michael. And... Stuart and I knew this was a this was a big responsibility to talk about this movie. It's a huge undertaking. We we knew when you're doing something with a title as vague as Michael. Yeah. Like that there's a lot of responsibility in that. And so we had to go to the experts. We had to bring in if we flew him in overnight. We had to get a Michael on on air. Yeah. And, and that, which Michael did we get, Jeff? We got the composer of that Amazing theme you all just heard. Michael Van Bodegum Smith. Michael Van Bodegum. Live Give it up for Michael. Woo. Clapping sound effects. Woo. Hello, this is Michael. Michael. Uh, I have to say, okay, okay, this go. movie really uh, represents all the Michaels around there. We Actually, when we all get together, we all watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to ask, is, does, do you feel like this movie completely captures the essence of you and all other Michaels? Like, do you think this is the defining work of your people? You know, I would say it's as, as close as you can get to the Mike. I'm doing quotes. The Michael, you know, the true Michael. It's, you know, it could have used a little bit more smoking. Um, but yeah. other than that, you know, it was, it was pretty close. <laughs> and that, that, you know, I think says it all is that, you know, John's just really, he's, he's doing one for the fans here. And by the fans, I mean the Michaels of the world. Um, and yeah, it really makes you respect him more, you know, it's just as a, just as a person. Yeah. And, no, it's wow. And Michael, thank you, so, thank you so much for coming in today to uh, to be our Michael expert when we talk about Michael, because we did not feel qualified to talk about this movie without a Michael in room. And you know, and we've talked about some movies where we've had to stretch our mental capacities oh. to talk about. For instance, we talked about White Man's Burden. Yes, a movie we were not qualified to talk. <laughs> a movie about. we were not qualified to talk about whatsoever. But we weren't going to put ourselves there for Michael. So thank no, you for being here. We really had to bring a Michael on. So. Michael yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. You know, I, I'll try to try to help out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess we we are in 1996. Yes, we're in 1996, in the middle of John's hot streak. Yeah, he has had nothing but hits since Pulp Fiction. If we discount White Man's Burden, which I think, as a collective society, we've all decided to do. Right, but yeah. Pulp Fiction mega hit. Uh, Get Shorty, hit, Broken Arrow, hit, Phenomenon, Modest, hit. He's just on this winning streak, back in the good graces of Hollywood and the good graces of the world in general. Um, And at the same time as he's doing this, there's another director, or there's a director who's also hitting a hot streak. 
that'd be Nora Ephron, the director of this film, hmm. um, who had started as a screenwriter. You know, she wrote some movies like When Harry Met Sally, everyone's favorite rom-com. Uh, she later broke into directing with This Is My Life, went on to do Sleepless in Seattle, um, and essentially started the beginning of uh, the Tom Hanks renaissance in the same period of time. Mm, okay. Because Sleepless in Seattle is the same year as Philadelphia, immediately followed by Forrest Gump, Toy Story, all of the above. Um, and so she kind of began the Tom Hanks renaissance. And now that we're in the middle of the Travolta renaissance, it feels like a very logical pairing to me. Yeah. That Travolta, cause he, he kind of settled into more of a scuzzbum-like character arc during this time. Right. With the exception of Phenomenon, he's more or less playing like kind of... The same early 90s, late 80s trope of John Travolta. Yeah, he's playing some rougher dudes between like Pulp Fiction, Get Shorty, and whatnot. He's a rough dude in this movie. Yes, which I think is interesting in that if, you know, she's coming off like Sleepless in Seattle and whatnot. Yeah. You would expect this would be the reclamation project for Travolta kind of getting back to his like young, hot, like swingy days instead this movie almost completely subverts that idea right by casting him as an angel but as the tagline of this movie says not a saint right is that jack nicholson no he's, he's on vacation uh, oh <laughs> yeah that was uh i know uh, uh, it was someone else we'll talk about him later Jack Jack's going to be back about time for a Welcome to Hollywood episode, and then I think he's moving out shortly after that. Oh, okay. Got, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, and so we have definitely not recorded already. No, we have not recorded the uh, Welcome to Hollywood episode. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? But yeah, that's um, it's a very logical pairing. It's um, ends up being another hit for him in this era. This is a hit. This is a very successful movie. This is not a critical hit. This is a financial hit, though. It makes $120 million. Out of what kind of a budget? Um, I don't see the budget listed here. Let me see if I can find it. Um, but it is, it's, you know, a movie that does well for him. It continues his little renaissance. And I think it is also, we'll talk about this in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a movie that's very telling and very informative about his interests uh, as an actor at this time. Hmm. But before we get to that, yeah, let's just get into the movie. Uh, yeah, nineteen ninety six. That's it for the context corner. That's basically the context corner. I mean, it's. Well, wait a second. Uh, there were some IMDb trivia oh, well, bits that I thought I. Well, no, we're gonna get to that. Well, wait. I just want to make sure I know if there's a bit in the IMDb trivia that belongs in the beginning of the episode. Is there? Um. Not much in the way of, like, the beginning of the episode. I, most of it's stuff that we can talk about during oh, the okay. movie. The ones that I sent you, right? Yes, the ones that you sent me and some of the the ones that I've You watched all there. these this morning, right, Jeff? I did. I, wa- I finished uh, this movie, like, an hour ago. Uh, Michael, when did you rewatch these movies? Because I know you've seen both of them already. Well, I rewatched Michael last night, so I'm fresh. You're fresh. Okay. He's fresh. Yeah, yeah I watched Michael last night, too. We're, we're all very fresh on Michael right now. Yeah. Michael is especially fresh on Michael. Right. He, he, he's Michael squared. <laughs> Michael squared. Have you seen, Michael, have you seen uh, Michael already? Or did, were you, is this a rewatch for you? Oh, this, is, this was my first watch. My gotcha. first 
experience. This was my first Michael experience. Yes. This was also my first Michael experience. So it's it's interesting because I would never rewatch this movie to save the life of me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, Same. <laughs> phenomenon. I would rewatch. Mm. I did rewatch it mm. for the phenomenon episode. But well, Michael, we we brought him in for you know the importance of having a Michael uh, to talk about Michael. Um, and we'll have a we'll have some discussions about Michael. Michael. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're driving uh, home, Jeff. Yeah, we're really driving this bit yeah. home. We're, uh, no, I'm driving this bit into the ground. <laughs> yeah. And it will yeah. crash and burn before minute 10. So the first thing that I recognized was we start off with a Randy Newman song. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. By, by the way, the, this movie is about an angel. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think Michael, I forgot to mention that. When we, when we say, we're, like, the name of this film is Michael, it is referring to Michael the Archangel. Yes. The biblical Archangel. There is, hilariously, and I was laughing about this right before the, we start recording, an image on the Wikipedia for this movie. Oh, God. That wants you, no. this wants you to, to be aware that John Trolta is playing the Archangel Michael, and it puts John Trolta in a tuxedo at a red carpet event. Next to like a nineteen like or like a sixteen hundreds fresco painting of the angel Michael. They look so alike. They look so similar. You know how people say yeah. Keanu Reeves is immortal? John, John Travolta. Travolta? Question mm-hmm. mark. I mean he's already well into Scientology at this point, right? Yes. So, Michael, question for you. First yes. off, let me ask, are you a Scientologist? No, but okay. I do live close to a church of Scientology in L.A. <laughs> Understood. So um, I just wonder, being a Scientologist and playing such a biblical role, I wonder what, how that influenced his rock-solid performance. Well, do you think Brendan Fraser believes in Egyptian mythology? No, but he doesn't play a mummy. Well, he, he fights pl- a mummy. He plays Ricochet O'Connell. But you, this guy plays an angel. Do you think the actor who played Emotep is a, is a believer in Egyptian mythology? I think he is. <laughs> you know, so this I is... absolutely. I think. I think Dwayne the Rock Johnson still believes in the cult of the, <laughs> the Scorpion, Scorpion King. King. <laughs> I think. So when I watch this movie, I'm like, I there's a paradox going on in my mind where I'm like, wait a minute, your Scientologist playing a Christian figure. Interesting. I don't know. I find it interesting. But let's talk more about the Randy Newman song. Yes. Because uh, Michael, we've mentioned here, is a composer. Our Michael. Not the movie Michael, yes. but our Michael. And so, Michael, you've just started this movie. The first thing you're hearing is a Randy Newman Toy Story-like intro. What's going on in your head? Well, I'm like, this is going to be a great movie. Real class experience. you got Randy Newman <laughs> to start. You can't go wrong. And... uh that lasted until the song was over. <laughs> you know, I knew this movie was going to be great the second it started in the Randy Newman song. And his, like, first, it shows, like, an empty road. And there's a car coming down, it, like, in the distance. And then Randy Newman just starts going, on the road. <laughs> I think any time a movie, this movie does this three times. Anytime a movie yeah. has a song and, like, a character says something like, walking down the steps or something like that and then it just literally shows a person walking down the steps or like guy coming down the road i think that is very funny as a composer michael is that something that leads you in your compositions as you just watch somebody doing something and like oh they're going down the steps going down the steps (laughs) (laughs) you know i think it really 
speaks about how much effort you want to put into something, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like, oh, man, this movie's great. You know, I just came off, you know, I did Toy Story. Or then, then you go to Michael and you're like, yeah, I got to get this done in a couple hours. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're, they're driving down the road. Okay, it's great. <laughs> Randy it's, rapped Toy Story at like 5 p.m. And he's like, ah, shit, I got a song due tomorrow. Wait a minute. Oh, I forgot about this movie. Okay, are, gotta, are we making the claim on. that this was a, just a paycheck for Randy Newman? <laughs> I, because I would yeah. agree with it. You would agree with it, Michael? Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure what his relationship was with Nora. I don't know if they it was like a favor. Because like Randy Newman definitely had the clout to not do a movie like this if he didn't want to. Well, okay, I don't want to throw it under the bus like that. But, you know, I feel like... He was very in a position to choose exactly what he wanted to do. So I guess it's kind of a mystery why he decided to do this movie in particular. This movie had a lot of hype behind it. Mm-hmm. It like, did. This, like, John Travolta committing to this movie was a big deal. Nora Ephron was coming off of some major hits. Okay. Okay. Um, they do they William got Hurt. Andy, Andy McDowell's in this. She yeah. was in a real hot streak at this time. Right. William right. Hurt shows up in this movie. Yeah. He does maybe the craziest thing I've ever seen him do. Um, you're just going to say... We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Okay. There, I like how you just say he does I the craziest thing ever in this movie and then doesn't The second I say it, you're going to be very aware of what it is. Okay. Um, yeah. I think so, too. That's yeah. a good point, though, Jeff. You know, in retrospect, I, I guess it's hard to realize there was a lot of hype. And it did do well financially, like you said. Mm. But like now all I think about it are the ratings and... Yeah. The, the the critiques, but I got to put myself in 1996. You know, like th- this movie, <laughs> when you're selling it, it's like Nora Ephron's doing a fantasy movie. John Travolta's is playing an angel. In hindsight, now we're like, that sounds crazy. Uh, back then, that seemed like a very logical like move. It's like he did just play a telekinetic genius. Yeah, he just played a <laughs> telekinetic genius. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so this should be a knockout of the park then for him. He mm-hmm. Plays sleaze balls. He's going to be a sleaze ball. He played a powered individual. He this is a powered individual. Mm-hmm. So just put those two together. We got a hit on our hands, folks. And you know what? They were right. Yes. They, they were, were right. <laughs> they were I, rewarded for it. <laughs> I think I'm getting the vibe that I'm going to be a little hotter on this movie than the two of you. Why Why do you say that? I'm getting the vibe that I kind of like this movie. Oh, and I might no. be the I might be the one. I oh, might be the... <laughs> no. Oh, man. This happens all the time, Michael. With, like, Jeff, at least... This is we're not going to be at a Bo- another Boris and Natasha moment though, right? Like you may have enjoyed it a little bit, but it's not your favorite movie. Boris and Natasha is the greatest movie ever made. Right. It's, an, it's the it's the American You're masterpiece. You're opening up that wound again. You don't need to. I'm just asking for a comparison. Yes. Well, yeah. No, it's I'm not going to be that hot on it, but I, I did okay. I liked this right. movie more than I didn't. I thought it was a low-key charmer. That's fair, you know. I I watched it with my girlfriend, and we we actually like we didn't feel like we wasted our time, mm-hmm. but my mind wasn't blown, so it was like in a it was it was like that middle in between. I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, I'll take it. This movie's too weird for me to be like, ah, oh, it's just like a dumb rom com or something. Like I, it's it's aggressively weird. Good performances. I had a good time. Um, I had zero clue what was see next week we're going to cover she's so lovely yes and i that's a movie we haven't recorded yet but i've already watched and 
that's a movie I rarely know what's actually going on. <laughs> and this movie, I was watching it before, and I thought, can any movie get any more confusing than this one? Because, like, <laughs> what is actually happening in this? this like, the, what is happening? This, this movie has one of my favorite structures of a movie. Not like this. Not is like the as, road trip structure. I love the road trip structure. Yeah. I know I, you and, do. I know and you I do. very specifically love the road trip structure. Did you? When you. It's pretty much a bunch of short films occurring. Did you by any chance direct a movie that has a slight road trip structure involved, N- Jeff? Never happened. And it's not like one person in this actually composed the music for that. Because that, that wouldn't I, I don't happen. know. Michael, are you, do you know of any I think he's road trip? about. Yeah, I think Randy Newman. <laughs> Randy uh, he, Newman okay. composed. <laughs> <laughs> We've been battle hunting. <laughs> oh gosh, that's not on the public domain yet, right? You're still no. in festival, so I can't plug it yet. I uh, know you can. You can plug it. Well, Jeff di- wrote and directed a very lovely short film called Bounty Hunting, which has a very, I feel like a similar road trip like structure to it that you're referring to. Yeah. So if, when you said you liked that, I'm like, of course he does. Yes. But like, course, you liked Eyes of an Angel. I did like Eyes of an Angel. Eyes of an Angel was just, was just and funny. And well. that's a road trip movie. But okay. like the, the road trip structure I like is a movie like this or something like Midnight Run or um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure even. Movies that have an overarching like loose plot where characters are trying to get somewhere and there's just like pockets of sequences occurring. Mm-hmm. Like they get to a town, the town has its own little arc that they go through. The characters leave. We don't see the characters who are in that town again until maybe the end or something. But I like that structure where it's like just a bunch of short stories happening, and our characters are slowly changed throughout it until they get to the end and mm-hmm. finally have their big cathartic moment or whatever. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, 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 <laughs> I, I understand. I understand um, the appeal, and I also like that structure myself. Um, I think that these pockets of sequences, though, are as distant lovely as could ever be, as there. distant from the loosely put together a plot as <laughs> loosely put together the a plot itself is. The problem with this movie is that there like is no a plot. Right. Yeah. It's that they're trying to get to Chicago to take a picture. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of <laughs> That is straight up the plot of this movie, is that they're driving to Chicago to take a picture. Right. Not multiple. Just a picture. Like, it is established that they would love to get multiple, but they only need a picture. Forget the fact that, you know, it's 1996. They can get a picture anywhere they want. Right. That's what I kept saying the whole movie. Like, <laughs> just... Any, you could have done this a million times. No, you know. <laughs> they could have taken it in front of the world's largest ball of twine. Yeah, <sighs> they could have done it in front of the largest nonstick frying pan. <laughs> yeah, come on. They had multiple chances to do this, and they never, they never took the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's supposed to be a good thing mm-hmm. that. Well, it's going to get to the end, yeah. but let's maybe we should All wait. Right. Yeah. Let's save it. Let's save it. Let's just start right with the beginning. We're still at the Randy Newman. Side. Yeah. So, the, Randy, oh, yeah. I, 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 I must confess, I was messing up the lyrics of the Randy Newman song. I wrote it down. He's saying, I've been down this road before, as it's showing a car coming down a road, indicating that whoever he's referring to has been down this road before. Uh, you know who he's referring to? No. The guy in the car. Okay. Who's in the car? Who's in the car? Michael. Michael is in the Michael. car. Michael's in the car. Michael's in the car? Yes. It's, um, we don't see his face, 
but uh, we get this car and it pulls up to the first bank of Iowa. Yes. Um, an mm-hmm. old woman and a tall man get out. We don't see their faces. They walk into the bank. We're caught back on a wide shot. They walk out, get in their car, drive away. And then what happens? The the bank, the bank implodes. <laughs> sinks into the ground. Yeah. It just <laughs> is destroyed, flattened by what? By the, An act of God. An act of God. A frying pan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a frying pan drops mm-hmm. out of the sky yeah. and destroys this. And what, you know, um, what people don't realize is there were probably still workers inside that building when <laughs> that's it happened. What I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, um, it's messed up. So Michael the Archangel murders innocent human beings at the beginning of this movie. It is well established he likes to fight in this movie. It is. Um, he kills battle, a lot of say. he kills a lot of people in this movie. Yes. A lot of people. And well, that's something that people a lot I don't think a lot of folks are going to understand when they watch this movie is that he kills a lot of people well, in this movie. He only movie. directly kills the people in that bank. No, he, he injures murders. some folks later. Listen, I know later in the movie when we get to the bar scene. Yeah. He killed those folks. <laughs> he yeah. murdered all of those dudes to sleep with all of those women. And we're going to get to that moment. Yes. But Mark Michael the Archangel is a straight up psychopath in this film. Yeah. He absolutely you is. the movie poster? I mean, <laughs> disturbed. Yeah, exactly. You it's see so his disturbing. face. Right. His, He's fighting for blood. His smile, like. I mean, come on, guys. I invite the audience to Google Michael 1996 poster right now. And tell me he's not a psychopath. I also like the billing on this poster. Because at the top, it says John Travolta on the right side of the the poster. Yeah. Then right below him is Andy McDowell and William Hurt, like, split build. Yeah. And then he's not an angel. He's he's an angel, not a saint. A Nora Frontville, Michael. And then below all of this, and Bob Hoskins. (laughs) And Bob Hoskins. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he, Bob Hoskins, it's like all this build-up disappearance in this movie. Yeah. Fuck you, Bob. Hey, hey. Bob Hoskins great. Yeah. He's the best. I'm sure. <laughs> That's so disrespectful. <laughs> so disrespectful to the rest of peace, Bob Hoskins. He's, he's fine. He's the lead in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? How can you be mad? Awesome. One of the best. <laughs> I love doing this to Jeff Michael, where I'm just like totally undermining. Nonplussed. Non, nonplussed, yeah. yeah. Okay, anyway, the bank explodes. The bank e- implodes. 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 We cut to an ethical reporter. An ethical reporter? An unethical reporter. An unethical reporter. Frank Quinlan. Are you reading the Wikipedia? No, I was I was looking up well, Bill Hurt's name in this movie. Oh, copy. Because I remembered it was Franklin, but I wasn't sure his last name was. Frank Quinlan. Frank Quinlan. And what Frank is Quinlan, it? Quinlan, yeah. He's pushing uh, a sleigh, Santa sleigh. It's like a North Pole attraction or something? or No, there's there's like a fake Santa in it. And yeah. then he calls a bunch of children over in uh, parkas. And they take a picture of Santa surrounded by all these like children. Yeah. And then we, he... Goes back to his office. Uh, he works for the Daily Mirror, um, a tablet, a supermarket tabloid journalism. Okay, you know National Mirror, wasn't it? National Mirror. That's right. Pause. Fired. Yes. <laughs> Pause. How long did both of you folks know that it was a tabloid magazine right away? Because it took me a solid like tw- the- fifteen minutes to know, like. 
Oh my no. god, this entire thing is a tabloid Stuart, magazine. Stuart, the first thing that happens when he gets there is he hands them a picture of Santa surrounded by all these kids with a headline, Elf frowned frozen in ice after a thousand years. Yeah, and I still didn't understand it. Yeah, and on honestly, the wall, I'm and, with you, Stuart. I, I didn't even think and, about it. And on the wall, there's all these framed pictures of Sparky the dog with the Pope, Bill Clinton, um, and a few other folks. Wait, Bill who? Oh, Bill Clinton. <laughs> I, I, I did not inhale. <laughs> I'll wait till we get to primary colors. Oh, God. I'm, do, I'm doing that whole episode in the Bill Clinton voice. You are. Yeah. And if you back out of that, I will put you back on that train. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I said I would. Whoa. <laughs> um, okay. So okay. it's a national mirror. It's a tabloid yes. magazine. And Bill Hurt is their, their main reporter. And they do a bunch of hoaxes things. Yeah, they, they make a bunch of fake news stories. Um, but the thing I like is that they don't necessarily seem cynical. Like, a, for the most part, they don't seem too cynical about it. Yeah. Like, some of them are actually, like, invested in this. And, like, they think they're doing real journalism. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Bob Hoskins seems actually excited about the potential of getting a picture of an angel. Yeah, like... He's like, oh, you're saying there's a real angel coming You gotta bring him here. Let me make sure this is a real yeah. thing. I'm, I'm also glad it's letting Bob Hoskins use his accent. Yeah. He's like, oh, there's a fucking angel coming in, isn't it? <laughs> what rating is this movie? <laughs> I think it's PG-13. Yeah, I don't think they say fuck in yeah, this movie. Don't. I just assume Bob Hoskins. Oh, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. But... Uh, he uh, he ends it in, and Bob Hoskins is yelling at uh, Hurt and his like um, friend Huey, who also works there. Mm-hmm. Huey's the owner of Sparky the dog, who's the mascot of the, uh, the the magazine. Yeah, he's like their star dog. Dog subject. Dog. They basically just make stories and put Sparky the dog in them as like their mascot, like a picture of him with the Pope or a picture of him with this thousand-year-old elf that they found frozen in ice. When we get to that scene. We all know what scene I'm referring to, right? <laughs> when I refer to Sparky the dog. Yes. Oh. Best scene in the movie. Best scene. Yeah, the manicure, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Best. The best scene in the whole <laughs> film. Best scene I've ever witnessed from a yeah. 90s movie. Okay. But. Besides, um, was it Pet Cemetery when the baby gets run over by a truck? Hereditary was. <laughs> no, Hereditary is when she gets decapitated by like an electrical pole. But yeah, yeah, that classic. was that was also pretty good. Um, so anyway, yeah, Sparky. Um, yes. Uh, is a dog. Sparky's a dog. He's owned by Huey. Um, and uh, Bob Hoskins is very disappointed in this elf story. Yeah. Because he says Americans don't want to look at pictures of Eskimos. <laughs> they oh. want to look at pictures of Americans. Oh man. Which is true do you think god sent michael the archangel down to earth in this movie to fix journalism yes okay because yes. journalism is broken as that sentence says where he's like americans don't want to look at this come out of the old guy well then there's a little piece of trivia that we're going to talk about at the end of this film which yeah, makes like, a lot we more sense we only care about our own like yeah right um, um william hurt um yes. gets a letter yeah from a woman in iowa a woman in iowa who runs the milk mm-hmm. bottle motel the Milk Bottle Motel. Milk Bottle Motel. Which is a real motel you can visit in Iowa, kids. 
it's, it's not special, it's, it's, special episode yeah <laughs> where we go or where where we well we have to do our road trip episode where we visit all the landmarks <laughs> from, from all the john travolta movies <laughs> in this area that includes the tire shop in new jersey that his dad owned <laughs> yes uh that's no longer there, but we're going to visit the we site. We could of, do a month-long road trip of all. We them. could do a month-long road trip where we just visit all of like the yeah. the landmarks of John Travolta movies. Mm-hmm. We could start in Chicago because yes. he has a lot of films in Chicago. Yes, mm-hmm. and this movie is set in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, the office is in the Sears Tower. Oh, wait, no, it's not in the Sears Tower. It's in another tower. Right, it's near uh, the Sears, Sears Tower. Yeah. It's in the general vicinity. It's on a sound stage with you know canvas of Chicago. Yes. Something, so, you know. <laughs> Got to ruin the mood like that. Jesus. Yeah, look at look at this guy. He's, I'm sorry, man. Stuart, Stuart just came in here ready to fight. <laughs> Stuart woke up ready this to morning. Battle, and, you mean? Yes, battle. Yes, battle. Stop saying fight. Yeah, battle. <laughs> so he gets this letter and it says, "Hello, my name is Pansy. <laughs> I run a motel in Iowa. I have an angel living with me. Here's a picture of him." And they take it seriously. And it's just a picture of Travolta with wings. Yep. And they're all like. So, sold, <laughs> sold. Uh, Guys, Bob, this is a real Bob thing. Bob Hoskins is immediately like, "Oh, you go get down there, in it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go get down and get in this angel and uh, bring this angel to me." Uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, oh. So it's the last chance to be. You get this angel to me. Get this picture, or if you don't, I'll take the dog and fire your boat. So I missed that bit in the movie. Yeah. I, I maybe oh, I just boy. wasn't paying that much attention. But I just missed the bit where they made a bet about the angel, about whether it's real or not. And if it's not, then he apparently gets the dog, which to me seems like a very dumb bet to make. It's less of a bet and more of he orders them into it. Yeah. And that you go to Iowa, Mm -hmm. you get this angel. If you don't, I get the dog. dog, And you you get fired. fired. And so it's more Bob Hoskins being like, get this angel or you're fired. And like, what did what have they done prior to the events of this movie? Which in which case Bob Hoskins wants to fire them right away? They did this dumbass uh, elf, story. elf story that didn't get any uh, yeah. sales. Yes, that's, that's it. Yeah. That's it's it. Strike one, you're out. Well, it's established that uh, Hurt is very like apathetic about his job. Like he right. was a. He, it's established later he's a real journalist. He used to work for the Chicago Tribune, and he mm. got fired for um, and for punching an editor. For punching an editor. Yeah, for changing yeah. his byline. Hmm. Um, That's something I'd do, too. Um, and so he's he's the only place he can get hired is this, like, tabloid place. Yeah. Um, remember when John Travolta in, what movie was it? Uh, Perfect. Mm, yes. He worked. What magazine did he work for? Rolling Stone? Rolling Stone. And the actual editor of Rolling Stone played himself in that movie. What if they did something oh, wow. similar in this, where they picked an actual tabloid and had, <laughs> just roasted him? Just roasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Make it pretty funny. But he he says, "Oh, we're getting that in the other way. And he's like, "You can take this." And he says, "Take this girl with you." She what? And why are they taking this girl? Said well, by the boss, Andy McDowell is. She was there for a job interview. Yeah, and he hires her on the spot as you go with them because she supposedly is an angel, an angel expert. Angel expert. <laughs> um, very convincingly, or very coincidentally, he had her in the office. Yep. for an interview at the time that there was an angel story. Yep. So. How? The angel expert, played by Annie McDowell, Dorothy, yeah. uh, Frank, and uh, Huey, head off to Iowa to the Milk Bottom Motel. Yeah. 
It's really cold yeah. in Iowa, by the way. It's, yeah, it, it's decept- yeah. It looks deceptively cold in this movie. Like, yeah. Well, apparently, like, Iowa is not south of Illinois. It is directly west. Yes. So when they're like, oh, my God, it's, like, so cold in here. I'm like, bitch, you're on the same latitude. Like, what are you, <laughs> yeah, what are you, t- what are you talking about? It's like the they same. They were south. It would be warmer, too. So why are they, why are they acting like. <laughs> it, it, like <laughs> if it's like we got to go up to, like, North Dakota to find this angel, then fine. Hey, we- weather's weird. It can be cold there. and they're, they're in jackets in Chicago as well. I guess there's just. Yeah, weird. but they're not, like, freezing their asses off in Chicago. <laughs> well, Chicago they- should be colder, if anything. Yeah. If any- the lake effect yes. I yeah. agree. I agree. And, like, you know, they. They cross the state line and they have like hypothermia for yeah. some reason. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, they're all really struggling. Effect, you know, yeah. Um, but they knock on the door. At, they get to the Milk Bottom Motel. They knock on the door. And Pansy opens up. Pansy. She just stares Pansy. at them, and then she just starts <coughs> starts like hacking up along. Yeah. Did that um, guy? Did it give you like anxiety because of COVID? I was just like, oh man, they're all gonna get it. They're all gonna get it. <laughs> they're all getting it. They're all getting the COVID. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, they also brought Sparky with them, by yep, the way. They bring Sparky because they want a picture. Bob Hoskins wants a picture of Sparky with the angel. Yeah. Um, so they get there. Um, Pansy does not recognize any of them. She does not care about any of them, but she loves Sparky. She loves She's like, Sparky. oh, it's the dog mm-hmm. from the newspaper. She grabs Sparky, brings him inside, and then shuts the door on them. Does the National Mirror get all the way to Iowa? Like, or I thought it was just like a local I think tabloid. it's a national it's the national mirror the national okay mirror. The, how, the many natu- subs- how many the national mirrors listen, is like chicago how base. many subscribers do they possibly have like apparently this well, lone woman they're just spread out through the country like they just pick the town with the least population and that's where that's where they ship them you know all right here you go here you go oh the national God. mirror is a daily oh wait, never mind never mind this is this is a nigerian newspaper get get the hell out of here all right uh, okay, the na- the National Mirror is made up for this movie. It's a Nigerian newspaper. Um, but there's like the Daily Mirror and the Daily Call. There's there's like daily like So they're things. like BuzzFeed. Not they're they're like uh the National the Enquirer. It's a National Enquirer like thing. Okay. Ships nationwide. People pick it up on their way of checking out the supermarkets. They see like, you know, J Lo married an alien or something on it. <laughs> Pretty accurate. <laughs> So they go. They're sitting down in the apartment, and they're asking. Which, by the way, the motel. Thank you very much. Yeah, they. There's like a short little clip before this where we. It's like at night, and we're in the motel with the old lady. Yes. And the camera's moving across like the bed, and we see her, and then eventually we leave the bed, and we're cameras facing the ground yeah. of the motel oh, yeah. floor. And there's a pair. And then we see a pair of two feet and snoring sound effects yes signifying that this whoever this person is is sleeping, sleeping standing, standing up, up. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> great shit <laughs> uh so anyway yeah this is when they're in the motel with the old lady uh and uh he's like so we're here to see uh the angel and she's like yeah you probably think i'm all crazy or whatever and they're like is the angel in the room with us and she's like no do you see, see him and they're like well we went to new jersey once to see a werewolf and the woman thought the werewolf was in the room with us but even though we, we couldn't, couldn't see, it. see it and says so like i'm not crazy he's upstairs and then we we hear footsteps moving upstairs yeah. and who comes down the steps none other than the one and only john, john travolta, travolta. Oh, i was uh, gonna say michael but... <laughs> no michael okay michael For, first you get a first glance at him shirtless wings out beer gut beer gut 
how accurately does this like capture Mike right off the bat? Are they getting Michael right? Or is there work to be uh, done on Michael? I think that's that's more of like a Mike kind of body. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Uh, retired frat douche. You know, I am like, oh, so yeah. glad we got you into this to <laughs> Because I 100% agree with that. <laughs> it's more of a Mike. He's more of a Mike. He's a he big Mike. He definitely is a Mike. But he becomes a Michael at the end. Mm-hmm. That's his personal. That's the arc okay. he goes through. He goes the, from Mike to Michael. The transformation is he goes from Mike to Michael. I mean, mm-hmm. there might be like a middle ground where he at one point gets called Mikey. Mikey, exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, and then it evolves even at the end when it's Michelangelo. Ooh. I knew it. I knew oh, it. Was, oh, there's a whole transformation of this, Michael. See, I think you're starting to realize how genius this movie is. <laughs> yeah. um, Are you convinced, Ted, that this is the best movie? No. Uh, okay. We'll, we'll get there. We have more time. We have yeah. more time. You know, we, we do some episodes where we really dive into these um, movies, and then we do some episodes so, where... So, um, yeah. it's at this point, the because, you know, I write down Angel Reveal, John Travolta with wings in his underwear, smoking and drinking... And then I write down the hair. Yes. Oh, yes. Cue the hair ranking music now. All right. Welcome to the hair ranking report. I am your co-host, Stuart Elmore. And I'm the other co-host, Jeff, here to keep tally. So, Michael. Yes. I don't know how much of an avid listener you are to a, a podcast you helped create. <laughs> I'm listen, I listen, you know. Okay, yeah, great. No. Do you know of our hair ranking report bit that is caught on now that we do every well, episode? This must be a new one. I'm still, like, on the earlier parts of... Oh, I'm man. the other era still, so... Oh, man. So, Michael, every episode we um, we talk about John Travolta's hair and we rank it amongst all the movies of his hair. And just the hair on his head, or just, we're talking well, chest? The, it, that that could be up to question. Some people could call me out on that um, because I have made judgment calls in the past where, like, the facial hair gives them some added bonus points, mm-hmm. um, like Urban Cowboy. Great example. He has a oh, yeah. motherfucking fine beard in that movie. And he shaves it in the 10-minute mark. So, like, how much could it really lean in towards the right. the awesomeness of his hair? Like, it doesn't. It doesn't really. And so, because of that, um, it wasn't, like, super high on the list. And added to the fact he wears a cowboy hat throughout the whole yeah. movie... Um, in uh, the first one, Devil's Rain, he's wearing a hood throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are um, mm-hmm. factors that mm-hmm. lean into the hair that isn't um, indicative of the hair itself that depletes the ranking, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, okay, no, I got you. We really got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. With this movie, we have. This is a majestic lock. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have a. We have locks. It's majestic. And they are sort of majestic. Um, but I, I want to bring you into this first, Michael. You you okay. see him walk down shirtless, wearing underwear, but he's got the hair. If we're ranking chest hair, that's going number one. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like I say, said, the chest hair is pretty uh... Anything that's not like 
head hair. Like mm. it can add bonus points, but I can't put as a primary yeah, factor. Yeah, you, can, you can't make it the joke. I can't make it the primary factor. But the chest hair does give it some points. And mm. like I know feathers aren't hair per se. Or like bird hair. But you know, like bird hair kind of, you know. Mm. So he has like bird hair. Yeah. But the hair. What What are your thoughts, Michael? You know, my first thought was it's too clean for his personality right now. I'm like, what? You know, when he first comes down, it's it's not he doesn't really have bed head. It looks it looks pretty good if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and it's long and and the way it parts is pretty it, majestic. Very bold but, of you to assume John Trolls could have bad hair in a movie. <laughs> oh, you know, well, I he think can. it gets messier as the movie goes on. To be honest with you, but uh, as he gets so, I think as he gets cleaner as a person or an angel his hair gets messier so maybe it's like a a deeper meaning there you know well we love deeper meanings with the yes. hair in john travolta movies yes um as said by movies like phenomenon and uh pulp fiction yes um no so this one i i totally bring it to the looks mm. because to me mm. i couldn't really necessarily find a thematic motif with the hair that stuck with me well it's, it's just kind of an angelic yeah yeah it's yeah. like it's like the just hairdresser there. and the director had a 30 minute phone call and they said what do you want his hair to look like and they said well he's an angel do what you can click and that's all the hairdresser got yeah. so then the hairdresser's like all right i guess we're gonna put a wig on him or he's gonna grow his hair out he's growing his hair out Thank john's not gonna a fucking wig it's a wig i also want to point out that it's, it's just, a wig no it's it's real hair it's Prove it. I also want to point out, I googled the words angel hair, and I'm getting her picture of pasta. Pasta? <laughs> yeah. Just like the end of the movie, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um, so, there isn't, like, any story thematic motif with the hair in this, I would say. Like, it's really yeah. just, like, this guy is supposed to look like an angel, and he he does. So, um, uh I'm getting an airdrop request from Becca right now. Who? Oh, boy. The suspense. Yeah. I don't know what it is, though. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Becca just sent me a photo of John Travolta bald. Uh, Okay. So, my views (laughs) on the hair. Pretty effective. Yes. Pretty effective. Um, Yeah. And I would say it goes above the list of the everyday dad hair that we had to endure in the 80s. Yeah. But it's not like above. I wouldn't put it above Saturday Night Fever. I wouldn't put it above Staying Alive. I wouldn't put it above Grease. But what's right yeah. below Grease? So your top four right now is Staying Alive, Carrie, Grease, Saturday Night Fever. And what? then Pulp Fiction right after that. And what's after Pulp Fiction? Get Shorty. Put it in between Pulp Fiction and Get Shorty. All right. That makes it number six, right? That makes it number six. Now. Not uh, so bad. And I, the reason why I would say it goes below Pulp Fiction is because Pulp Fiction did have a thematic purpose to his hair. And while not sexy, it was very effective. Mm-hmm. This movie is purely for looks. It's purely because he's an angel. Give him some angel hair. <laughs> and they did. And it's long, and I, the audience knows my love of long love hair. of long hair Travolta. It's where he belongs. Yes, he doesn't belong anywhere else. R.I.P. 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to put it number six. Oh yeah. That's Michael now, here. Before we cut on the hair ranking. Okay. To the rage of our audiences. Yeah. We skipped the hair ranking and broken arrow. Oh yeah. You're, you're not letting that up. Are you? Oh, the God. audiences are raging. We got to, you got to throw it in here. You got to throw it in here. Give give me a place for it. <laughs> Can I see it? Can yeah, I, here's can I the just see it? Just tell me where Broken Arrow's going. Where Broken Arrow's going? Yes. Okay. Um, put it below two of a kind above Boris and Natasha. Okay. All right, folks. That was the hair ranking for Broken Arrow. Okay. No, number great. number 13. Awesome. Sweet. Cool. The short hair. Well, it's like every well, day. You know what, story? what? I think you know, maybe it does have a story meaning because, you know, all, all the women just they can't resist him and that that's part of the story i think it's just the hair the long hair kind of uh you know if he had short hair i don't know if he'd be so irresistible right maybe maybe but that goes again to say that there isn't so much a thematic purpose to it but rather he just needs to look sexy yeah but is it really a thematic purpose to half the movie though i mean maybe maybe in the scope of the movie I don't know. <laughs> come, Michael, Michael's trying to come Listen, at this man. thing on its level. Listen, man, yeah. I've been doing this for 27 episodes. <laughs> 27 years. Uh, 27 yeah. years I've been ranking John Travolta's hair. We're not even halfway. Well, all right, Jeff, Jeff, what do you think? You're the, you're the final decision. Ooh, if, I, I like where Stuart put it. I have respect for that. Um, I would maybe knock it up one. I would put it above Pulp Fiction, maybe. You'd put it above, above Pulp? Pulp Fiction. Wow. wow. This hair is really nice. It's it's good. It is good hair. I just think it doesn't beat the top five. I think the top five are pretty solid. Mm. It's yeah. going to take a lot for the yeah. top five to, to Top down. five to, to come down. Yeah, I think the top oh. five, nothing's going to beat Stain Alive. Yeah. And mostly because he's yeah. just never going to be that young again. Yes. So I think Stain Alive Tragedy. is securely fit in number one. Mm-hmm. And Carrie is... I dream about him. <laughs> I dream oh about John Travolta and Carrie sometimes, folks. And I don't, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, it's all ogre now, but <laughs> it's all over. It's all ogre. Uh, all right. So that's the hair. Um, <laughs> uh, the next morning they have breakfast with Michael. Yes. Um, We're at the well, 45 he, minute he com- mark. Well, first he comes down the steps. Um, he looks like that. He opens the fridge, grabs a six-pack of beer, and then goes back upstairs. Yep. Uh, he's like, has a cigarette dangling from his mouth. He's just like, er, what's up? The music during this is interesting. Because it's like weird. Daddy coming down the stairs. No, it's not that at all. <laughs> no. It's like quirky, jokey music. Like, I don't know. I, I can't mimic anything. It, it's, but it's, 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 like, like, it's like a, it's a Randy do, Newman do, comedy. Do, do, do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's pretty accurate. It's just like, you know, passive, jokey, happy, dumb music mm-hmm. of this yeah. guy coming down. And, like, if you just replace it with, like, really sad music. Oh my god. <laughs> Sarah just like Jodge Rolls would be a broken man. <laughs> He's a broken angel. He's really I mean broken. he quite literally is a broken angel in this movie. He is a broken angel. He's also yeah. searching for redemption. And does Whoa. he get it? Yes. Does he? Yeah. But does he? And- Yes. Anyway, he goes back upstairs, and they're like, "Well, you can." He's he's hungover. <laughs> you can see him tomorrow. Yeah. So they all go out to they all go out to their cabins. There's some jaunty music. We get some funny symmetry where they all like open their doors and close them at the same time into their little cabins. Right. 
None of them have, none of them have heat. <laughs> none of them have heat. And they're mm. freezing their asses off. Just like, bundle up, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest. But they're from Chicago. Yeah. Just boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, the next morning. I have a take on that maybe later. Really? Yeah. What's your take? Well, not on the heat, but on the, the rooms that they're in that don't have heat. Oh. We'll get to that in a little bit. Oh. Uh, okay. Um, I think I know where you're going with that. But anyway, they, they, come in the next, they come in the next morning. And yeah. Michael's sitting there eating Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. With half a bottle of milk in them. And, and like 7,000 scoops of sugar. Yeah, he's just yeah, scooping sugar. Bag and, of sugar. And here's the thing. If I was an immortal, like, uh, deity mm-hmm. who just couldn't die, I too would probably be an alcoholic, smoke a lot, and like uh, eat sugar by the spoonful. Yeah, like. If it can't kill you. <laughs> if it can't kill you. I mean, he can clearly gain the weight, though. Yeah. Right? Because we can become a fat angel. Well, he might just be trying to blend in. I'm. It's dependable. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. But like, I think he's just fat. <laughs> he's just, he's just really overweight. And <laughs> just doesn't want to take care of his body, man. <laughs> it's like Michael. You, you, you <laughs> gotta a, lose the pounds, man. A, it's like it ain't gonna kill me. There's an intervention. Gabriel's there. He's like organizing all the other angels. That guy. We gotta talk, guys. It's like we gotta we gotta eliminate sugar from your diet We're and. Here. It's, this it's, is an intervention where your few Jesus is on his way. <laughs> At this point, they throw him in the loony bin. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he's just like craving sugar. Yeah. Um. But no, he's he's just like pounding on the sugar right now. Yeah. Um. Pansy's like making eggs. She's making eggs, and she gets all the orders incorrect. Yes. Yeah. She's like, you want poached? <laughs> and some scrambled eggs. Yeah. Sunny side up. It's like. It's like over easy is like sunny side up. And yeah. Over easy, yeah. And like she yells it. She's like, uh, Bullard's like, I'll take a over easy. That's not good. He's like, I'll take over easy. And she's like, over easy. She yells it. Um, Who's she yelling to? Uh, I was wondering. Is she like a chef? To herself. Or, to herself. Or to herself. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's, she's like running this like a bed and breakfast. So like there would be someone else cooking, but it's just her. Right. That's she's just like over easy and then she makes the eggs well her husband died so she yeah. probably was saying it because he she, would be the yeah. one cooking i guess it, and i guess oh, that's why she gets everything wrong man and that's when there's some exposition in there where it's like so how did you two find each other it's like well when my husband died the bank wanted to claim the motel and so michael turned it into a parking yeah. lot <laughs> it's pretty good she's like not an actual parking lot like because like this town, town doesn't need doesn't one, really need but a it's a figure lot. of speech um and so, yeah, Art Michael just destroyed a bank to help a little old lady. Yeah, and her financial issues. They they were all servants of the dark one inside. So, and then she dies. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> she, she, she dies for no, nothing. She starts coughing, <laughs> drops an egg, funeral. cut to her funeral, funeral scene. <laughs> yep. Um. Uh. Wait. First. Um. They. They kind of quiz Michael on whether he's an actual angel. They're like, "Can I see your wings?" And they're like inspecting them to see if they're. It's like, uh, can I touch them? It's like I'd rather you didn't. Yeah, and they basically come to the the decision that angel or not, these wings are legit. Except for Andy McDowell, she's like, I don't know, that's aren't. Yeah. Could, be, could be attached to him. Yeah, you know, like they're not checking the joints. You know, saying like, "You want to check how my arms are connected yeah. or something?" <laughs> like, yeah. Cut to her funeral. Cut to her funeral. Andy McDowell's weeping. And yep. Michael, stone cold. Yes. Doesn't give a fuck about this lady. 
And well, to he, her, to well, him. Well, he just knows. He knows this is the way things happen. Oh no! Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, oh no! No no no! To him, she was a pawn. She was a pawn <laughs> in his game. <laughs> Michael's going all the way to the top. She was the beginning. <laughs> yeah. There will be many more deaths. He Michael actually pops up in primary colors and kills the president. <laughs> well, listen. Michael killed this old lady. No, he was there for her in her last days for comfort. He's the angel of death. He clears her... Uh, he is. Michael is the angel of death. He's always around when people start dying or non-sentient creatures. Hint, hint, hint. Mm. Hint, hint, hint. I'm just saying this, saying, folks, I think Michael is an angel of death here. And he. Okay, like, you're right. Even when he's not directly involved in killing them, he doesn't really do anything about it if they're dying. Right. Know, no matter who it is. He's just like, oh. Huh. But in his head, he's like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. All according to Michael. I, I would agree with this theory. Michael yeah. leaves a chain of carnage and destruction in and his misery. He does, kind of. So. Yeah, she dies, and then they talk to Michael. They say, well, we want to bring you back to Chicago. Um, He's like, all right, but no flying. Yeah, no flying. They want to drive. It's like, why do you want to drive? It's like, because the world's the largest ball of yarn. Twine. 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 He wants to very slowly see the world's largest ball of twine in some town in Iowa on the way. Yeah, it's on the way. He says it's two hours away. So they start driving. Yeah, well, he they call uh, Bob Hoskins. He's like, oh, you can get with the... Um, it's like, why can't you guys fly? It's like, because his wings won't fit in coach. You want to pay for first class? <laughs> okay, drive. <laughs> uh, so, so they get into a car, and Michael's like, no, and he gets into the old lady's car. Uh, yeah. So they leave their car there. Just they, take, yeah, they take leave their car, car there. Like, um, they take her car. Because, uh, I mean, his, he's, sit, he's sitting in the back trunk, basically. The th- mm-hmm. And the three uh, broken travelers... The angel and the dog take off for Chicago. Yeah. Um. But there's a condition, though. There is the, a condition. There's yes. a condition. He yeah. sa- he says to her. He says you must apologize. Like apologize for what? Well, it's he, like not for anything right now. He says to to Will Hart. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. says you need to apologize when I say you need to apologize. Yeah. Like and he, he and like he, bargains him for one apology. And he tells her you need to sing when I ask you to. And those are his two conditions. Yeah. And this is like, I mean, we're going to talk about this later in the movie, like hinting that like he has yeah. some sort of like future clairvoyantness to him. Yeah. Like he knows what the future mm-hmm. is, um, which is all the more reason why he is a psychopath in this film, because mm-hmm. he yes. knows what's going to happen. Dangerous psychopath. Yeah. So we're going to get into it more. Yeah. But I also want to point out that during this, like, sequence they just have uh he mentions that he physically has fought satan in the past yeah and it's very yep, funny to imagine this john travolta in battle with satan you know <laughs> i heard they filmed it it was a you know what what was the budget it's like 200 million dollars for this one scene 200 million dollars for this one <laughs> scene and it they like, and they cut it it's pretty much the opening of lord of the rings where like uh the battle of mount doom yeah except uh the it was john travolta instead of uh isildur isildur <laughs> Cast it yep. into the fire. Cast it into Destroyed. the fire. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but no, they take off for Chicago. First stop, ball of twine. Ball of twine. Of Impressive ball of twine, I would say. <laughs> I'm pretty. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I am pro ball of twine. Um, Michael, what are your thoughts on the ball of twine? I thought it would be bigger, to be honest. <laughs> Michael is small. not impressed. <laughs> you know what? 
Michael didn't even care when we got. He looked at it for like five seconds and wandered <laughs> off. I'm like, oh, what? All this work? Well, he he sees he an sees ox. an ox. Uh huh. And immediately yells, "Battle! Battle!" And he runs up to it. Uh, stands out to him in some like Sergio Leone dual pose. My favorite is William Hurt's reaction. It's like Michael, Michael, no! And then <laughs> it just, starts running and after. Three of them chasing after this man running at an ox. Yeah. Um, and so he charges the ox and headbutts it. Yes. And the ox is just a little dazed and confused. Michael is like on the ground, like I don't know, knocked on his ass. Yeah. And. Yeah. He just shrugs it off like it's yeah. fine. And he's like, oh, I love a good. He's like 6,000 battles and not a scratch on me. He says something like that. Yeah. 6,000 something, something, something. Yeah. Like a true psychopath. And then right afterward, right. Bill Hurt's just like, okay, uh, why? what is all this about? And Joel says, there was a bet once between the North Wind and the Sun uh, as to how to get a man to take his coat off. The North Wind blew and blew and blew. But the man ca- that just caused the man to tighten his coat. The son just popped out and put a hand on his shoulder, and he took the coat off. Pretty touching, yeah. And Bill just like, what? <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? You just spew some philosophical shit yes. right there after mm. fighting an ox. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny how confused Phil Hurt is about this. Well, isn't it at this point he says, like, he's on his last visit. This is his last visit to Earth. Yes. They get 26, yeah, 26 visits. Visit or something. And, like, yeah. this dude's, I mean, again, whenever we whenever we talk about movies that have, like, presence of, like, a Christian, like, yeah, overarchy, so, like, for example, if God exists in a movie and there are angels... Mm-hmm. That makes me question all of like the biblical things that we must then take like yes. in the world. So then, is the Earth mm-hmm. six thousand years old in this? Well, it is established in this movie that the angels and God were not involved in the creation of the Bible. That is established in this movie, right? Um, so then later in the movie, I'll just cut to this because <laughs> that sounded very wild when I just said it. Um, but Travolta establishes. He's like, I'm a writer, too. And they're like, what did oh, you write? Right. And he says, Psalm. Psalm 85. And he's like, I had no idea they were going to be collected and printed. <laughs> right. <laughs> he says, collected and published. <laughs> yeah. Establishing that they all just wrote a bunch of like poems. And then guys on Earth are like, oh, cool. And they made the Bible out of it. Yeah. So then this dude's been alive for however many thousands, if not millions yes. or billions of years. Eternal being. And they get 26 mm-hmm. visits to Earth. Yes. Why 26? Well, I don't know. <laughs> the answers. Yeah. The, this movie needs a reason for him to, like, you know, have a last visit. But 26. I also, the, th- the thing is, I think he's pulling their leg. Oh, really? Because he's back at the end of the movie. He is back at the end of the movie, which he, makes him a liar. He, he, which he, is not, which does one pulls, of the commandments not he say. He pulls a few fibs on them. Does thou shall not bear false witness against thy neighbor? But he also says that a, is a commandment. He says a few times he doesn't necessarily get along with all the other angels because he's a bit of a, a, a bit of a trickster. Yeah, I'm pretty he's sure a, murders on that list too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, adultery. Sm- he sleeps yeah. with adultery, multiple right? women. Yes, smiting is okay. Uh, yeah, you know. Mm. Um, Maybe they just didn't want him back, and he just <laughs> stayed. Yeah. 
They're like, yeah, I go back. He's like a Qui-Gon Jinn figure, where yeah. if like he obeyed the rules of the council, he'd be reached the rank of Master Angel, but for now he's stuck at the Archangel yes. rank. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> Good poll. Um, Thanks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 26 <laughs> visits. He's on his last one. Oh, I, I, I wrote down the line. He says, I had no idea they were going to be collected and numbered <laughs> because of the songs. Uh, that's funny. We um, are past an hour now. Well, cool. We're going for three. Okay. Um, <laughs> Great. They go to a, like a, a country bar. Yes. Slash dance club because it's a Travolta movie, so there's got to be a dance club. Um, I mean, these directors, whenever they are being told in pre-production, okay, so we got John Travolta, and they immediately mm. flurry mm-hmm. through the script, be like, yeah. page 42, insert dance scene right here. Mm. Because whenever yeah. you know you have John Travolta in your movie, you gotta exploit, yeah. you know, tra- the Travolta. Yes, and they do. He was singing every time they were in the car. He was he was singing. Yeah, but like, but not. He was singing well. You know, he's a good did it just for him. Um, they, they do play a fun game in the car at one point where they're like, you just say something you see, and Bingo. he goes, "Policeman!" and they all like swerve, and it's funny. Yeah. Um, but they get to like a, a psychopath. <laughs> See, I'm glad I'm bringing Michael on this psychopath trip with yes. me because yeah. well, the, the more I think about it, I'm like, damn, that now everything makes sense. Like Michael, I'm laughing. <laughs> how do you feel about this movie painting your people, Michaels, as psychopaths? I'm not saying all Michaels are psychopaths. I'm well, saying if Michael is, the Archangel. If this movie is, is a the platonic exemplar of a Michael, oh, hmm. well, you know what? You know, what, Jeff, I I had a theory the entire movie that he actually wasn't the Archangel Michael, but Cupid. Cupid? You know? Yeah, and I was like, you know, maybe, maybe he's just oh. a crazy-ass Cupid in disguise <laughs> as Michael. Because, you know, I was thinking, like, why, why doesn't he actually do something important? His only his only job is to, you know, play Cupid. Maybe mm-hmm. he is Cupid. Yeah. So maybe it isn't about Michaels at all. Maybe it's a facade. Fake outs? Baker. We gotta get Michael two on the. We gotta get Michael two made. So we can, Michael we can, two. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the second one would just be called Michaels. Michaels. <laughs> there'd, be, there'd, be, there'd be two of them. There's gonna be multiple John Travolta <laughs> angels. The, the, the problem is that he accidentally summons himself twice to Earth. Oh God. There's one that's trying to separate a couple, and one that's, and there's like trickster Michael. There's like a motion sensor scene where it's like they're crawling all over the place, man. And then John Travolta's just start coming out of the walls. <laughs> Their angel oh, no. wings spread, and they collapse onto the, the soldiers. And then it cuts to the command room scene and they just hear screaming <laughs> over the comm system and oh like private gunnery sergeant where are you it's like, oh, they're, everywhere. they're everywhere you just see like on the, the gopro like camera on their helmets this wings just being everywhere <laughs> feathers oh and people are being and torn you, apart and on the you just hear battle 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 just a lot of wiggles <laughs> The third Sigourney Weaver's is like, get them out of there! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, they're all still alive. They're being turned into Michael. Oh no. <laughs> oh my God. They're being cocooned. <laughs> Oh, the God. cocoon is just like wings folded in <laughs> on something, exactly and they fold that. out, and there's a fully formed Michael. It is just like when they see one of their good friends, and it's that they got angel wings that are slowly growing, and they have to aim a gun at them, and like, do it, just do it. <laughs> and he turns, his face slowly morphs into a John Travolta face. He has the psychopath smile from the movie poster, and then they kill this old soldier. 
they say at the end, it's like, there was nothing you could do. He was already turned. <laughs> game over, yeah, man. We should do that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to write this script. I'm going to send it to John. At the end of the movie, there's a John Travolta queen, which is just a 15-foot tall John Travolta <laughs> angel wig. Uh, the Sigourney Weaver fights in yeah. a uh, loader forklift robot. Yes. I love this. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I think this was amazing. I think that sounds like the best. Film. I don't think there's any more to talk about with this film. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Travolting pictures. It sounds like his best work ever. But so they go to the bar. Yeah, they're at the bar. Yeah, the bar. <laughs> this is where he mentions having written the Psalms. Yeah. While he's here, he also says that they're like, "What else have you invented?" He says, "I invented standing in line." And oh, like, right. And like, are you joking? And he says, no, uh, there's chaos. Everyone was just milling around. And I said, why not make a line? Yeah, <laughs> one at a time. And uh, it's like dead serious. He invented, He was the first one to be like, why not make a line? Um, which is great. I just love the freedom that God gives to his angels to invent shit. Yes. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not that God invented everything. Like, some angels had a part in yeah. some things, too. Like, there was an angel of mannequins. Yes. Somebody oh said, God. why are well, we having real people or if there are no clothing displays, like we just want people to see what it would look like if they had a certain type of underwear on them. Well, it's established that the angels can only perform minor miracles. Mannequins. Because yeah. they ask him, like, why don't you fix real problems? And he's like, right. I can't change human nature. I can only solve, like, um, like we can only perform minor miracles. Like, we can help people, but we can't change humanity. Right. Because that would cut, like, get in that the way of free get in will. the way of the natural order. Of free will, which yeah. is, like, one of the main things in the Bible. Is that well, free, free will, will doesn't exist, Jeff. Well, our next movie will establish that we're all a computer simulation. Uh, What's our next movie? Uh, She's so lovely. Wait a minute. What? We'll talk about it. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> that movie is, there's a lot of Sean Penn yelling about us being a computer simulation in that. Yeah. Um, so but he's at the bar. He's checking. He's getting a bunch of ladies interested in him. Yeah. Well, I, he mm-hmm. has an aura around him, which is like. He smells like cookies. Well, so it brought me back to Harry Potter, Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Do you guys. We all saw, seen Half-Blood Prince, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, the scene where they're making the love potion, right? And yeah. he says, you the love potion has a scent of whatever your heart desires. And so for Hermione, it's like, um, books, books, freshly, (laughs) freshly mowed grass, freshly mowed grass, uh, pages in a book. Liquid luck. And no, it's not liquid luck. It's not Felix Felicis. It's the love potion. Uh, No, it's Felix Felicis. That smells like what you like the most. The love potion is brewed separately in the movie. I think. no, Am I wrong? You're wrong. Get into it. You're wrong. <laughs> what if we should start fighting about it's, half no, it's, the be- it's not that. It's, it's, it's Slughorn's first um, class before yeah. he talks yeah. about Felix Felicis. He has a, a brewed potion already oh, made. Yes, yes. And he opens it up, and she's like, yeah, like, for instance, I smell freshly mowed grass. And lavender page, brown. Laven- and, the, and, and toothpaste. And she gets all, like, blushed and yeah. shy because the earlier in Half-Blood Prince, Ron and Hermione had a toothpaste moment. Yeah. So hinting that Hermione has some romantic feelings towards Ron. And so in this um, context of Michael, where 
these women are smelling things that they're attracted to. Like Michael has this well, scent. They all say it smells like could. a candy or a sweet of some sort. Well, like one lady says mm-hmm. cotton candy, and then Andy says um, cookies. Cookies, and so I think they all have like a different thing that they're all kind of sort of into for yeah. like because she says it it's every smell reminds her of her childhood and so everyone's yeah. back to some smell that they like, associate with their childhood right that and and smells of their childhood would make them attracted to him yes because he smells can like can you say daddy complex even louder look, if i smell <laughs> if i smell co- if i smell cookies i'm just saying folks if i smell cookies i'm there Okay, my oh, child. If okay. if you're to tell me that like the smell of my childhood would make me sexually attracted to you, there's some issues with that. There are some <laughs> issues with that. So if I'm smelling like Lego sets, mm. yes, and I and I'm like sexually frustrated in that, then there's an issue yeah. with that. Well, you know, you know, maybe it's not how it works because, you know. Dorothy still smells his scent, but, but he says later in the car that she's blocked from the, yes. like, yeah. the love. So maybe the scent just lures them in, and then like the aura. There's some, maybe yeah. there's something we can't see that makes them sexually you know, right. attracted. There, he can turn it on and turn it off for some people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, this is some, canon. Yeah, this is canon. <laughs> um, but yeah, in the bar, he starts dancing with some women. And more um, women to, to chain of fools. To chain of fools. And then he quite literally. Song. This is the second time in this movie that this happens, where he quite literally makes a chain of fools. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they all form a line behind him, and he makes a chain of fools. And he's doing his dancing thing, where he's dancing with all chain, the women, chain, chain, and all chain, the chain, um, chain, all the men. Chain of fools. We're gonna get copyright strike, man. <laughs> fair, fair use uh, parody. Yeah. Fair use parody. Okay. So actually, fair use criticism. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to watch an hour into it to find this anyway. Don't worry. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anyone is listening, fair use criticism. Yeah. So, um, at any rate, what was I saying? Uh, oh, he gets all the women to join him on the dance floor in the bar, and all the men start noticing. Yeah. And, and then we come back to Bill Hurt, and all of them, they're sitting at the table. They're just chatting. And they hear a or something. And they hear battle. <laughs> you know, they hear battle. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Look over. And Travolta has um, broken a chair. a chair. Is using it as a spear. <laughs> and yeah. he's holding a trash can lit in the other hand. And the fun thing is, his look here is designed after like a famous Renaissance painting of Michael the Angel. Yes. And which is holding a spear and a shield like that in the exact pose Travolta is. Which is just very funny. It is. And what's also very funny is, even though in the movie it says he never murdered anybody in this bar scene, yes. there's a clear frame where at the end of the fight scene, he's using like a pool stick yeah. to like hit people. And there's one frame where he like lifts up the pool stick and brings it down in a stabbing motion and then cuts to them in jail. Yes. Now, friends, family, comrades, colleagues. He murdered that person. <laughs> he skewered men with a pool stick. Yes. John Wick style. So. He said, oh, look, God, sort this guy out. Yeah. You know, they already showed that he has superhuman strength. Right. So there's no way that he would not. He throws a guy him. into a mirror. Yeah, he does. Second Travolta Ten movie in a row around. where he breaks a mirror at a bar. John Travolta's got something with mirrors, man. <laughs> can't yeah. can't stand his own reflection. 
Ooh. He doesn't like what he sees. But <gasps> but um Ooh. he does he get he gets Bill Hurt and uh what's the other guy's name? Um Sparky's owner. Huey, uh played by Robert Pastorelli. Um Yeah. Um he gets them involved in the fight. And someone actually swings at Annie McDowell at one point, even though she's not involved. Yeah, right. Uh, we cut to them all in jail. They're right all after. in jail. And Joel's like, ah, what a great battle. <laughs> it's been such a long time. Murdered all those people in the bar. Uh, and during that, um, Annie McDowell's just like sitting there. And Bill Hurt just like starts railing into her about something. I can't remember exactly. About her husband. Oh, about because she's, she's established she had three ex-husbands. She had three ex-husbands. Right. And he says something like... Um, I don't know, something like insulting to the fact that she has three husbands. Yeah. And then that's when uh, Michael turns to him and says, apologize. Yeah. Bringing back his clairvoyantness. Mm-hmm. He knew that there would be a situation where he would need to apologize to um, mm. to Dorothy. Oh. And brings oh. it up there. I have to get to the craziest thing that Bill Hart does in this movie. What is he Because I just messed up. Oh. You know, I love it when actors like have a little tick in a movie that they just make their characters have. They just pick something where like this guy's gonna do this. Okay. Bill Hart decided in this movie he's gonna eat fruit. Like he's always eating like apples and pears and stuff. During this dinner scene, in this bar, he takes a lemon, like a whole lemon, and his skin on, and he. Bites into it and yeah, eats the fucking lemon. know what he's doing. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. What the hell? Why? He does this twice in the movie. He does it again when they're in a car scene. Michael is turning them all into psychopaths. I've never seen something as wild. Doesn't he ask uh, Dorothy then, like, how do you properly eat a lemon? She's like, you yeah. fucking pee on the skin. And then she, you know, she cuts it in half and then puts salt on it. And he's like, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? I'm like, Bill, well, what are you the doing? The proper way to eat a lemon is not eating a fucking lemon because it's a lemon. You put it in yeah, like yeah, drinks and some first shit. And foremost. Yeah, first and foremost, don't eat lemons. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, it's the fucking skin. It's insane. Don't eat the skin off a lemon. What are you that fucking caveman you, you understand this you agree this is the craziest thing that's batshit crazy it's the craziest thing that happens yeah. in this movie i missed that but now as you say that i'm like yeah what it happens twice twice i want i just have to believe that was a hurt like decision that he was gonna just eat a lot of fruit and just for some reason he's like i'm also i mean the lemon i read a trivia piece in indv that like he wouldn't stop smoking even during shooting <laughs> that they had to like cut around it in post-production <laughs> they would just get takes of him not smoking and like he's like what i'm doing for this character is he smokes a lot and eats fruit with the skin on and right. they just had to like cut around the scenes where he was smoking he saw the movie he's like wait wait a second what's going on I, I wasn't sure why they had to like make such a fuss about him smoking and them having to edit around it like because michael smokes yeah so why would it be implausible to say like why doesn't he just smoke like right. no idea but they're like I mean, no you punched a guy over an edit you think he'd be the kind of guy who smokes you know right exactly right. yeah well you know who else was also considered for this role the, the william hurt role. hurt role yes what who? jack nicholson who as we know has been living with me for a few weeks now he's on vacation right now unfortunately so i can't yeah. i can't um have him come in and talk about his audition process for this movie but he'll be back in time for our welcome to hollywood episode i've been led to believe 
Um, but then he, I think he's moving out after. Um, Bam. I can try and get him on the phone if we want to hear him uh, talk about. Uh, let me let me see if I can get him on to ask him about uh, about. Michael. You're not doing this, right, Michael? Are we doing this? Are All we right. doing this bit right now, Jeff? <laughs> uh, Jeff oh my God, he's five, actually four, gonna do this. One, three, yep. two, five, 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 six. Ring, 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 ring. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey uh, Jack, we're just reading. You that. Wait, Jeff. You Jeff, were wait a second. We, You've got to go back up to the mic if you're going to talk in your normal voice. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm talking in my. No- you're holding Jack up, okay? Okay. All right. What's Jack saying? What, what do you got? What do you want? What do you want? Um, you're on a beach. Jack, we need to know. Did you audition for the 1996 film Michael uh, to play the role? by Bill Hurt. Yeah, that bastard Bill Hurt took my role. I was going to play it with some real verve to it. You know, I was going to rub another man's rhubarb. Now I got to get back to the beach. I got a few dames waiting for me. All right, thanks, Chad. We just wanted this this confirmation. Uh, that was... We got, we got him in on that one. Um... I'm going to let him enjoy his vacation. What the <laughs> fuck was that bit? <laughs> what? What? That was a bit. It was a phone call with my roommate. Anyway. Uh, so, so, anyway so, I've seen some weird Jeff stuff over the day, but I, I don't know. That was like you paused the whole fucking podcast to do a phone call with Jack Nicholson by just getting this far away from the no, mic. Well, it was an actual phone call. We all know it. Anyway, they're in they're in court. Um, yeah, sure. They're in court. Uh, Jeff's losing his mind it's a talking very, about this movie. It's a very judgmental court. Um Everyone knows each other in this town, so it, it's like a kangaroo court. Um, yeah. The judge like doesn't let Hurt, Annie McDowell, or a, a Huey talk. Right. Um, but she's immediately entranced by Travolta, Michael, and, and he's so like, he's like, we're gonna take a fifteen minute recess, uh, Chambers. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. he walks into her chamber with her. Cut to them in a car driving away. They're the they separate. let Michael get away with murder because with of his like up. his. Uh, murder his like love powers well so here here's my yeah. thought here's my thought again this is another five million dollar sequence that they cut yeah. in the movie what happened after he got into the judge's office is it started off romantic yeah she's like hey he's like oh, hey gosh. are you implying that he murders her they get pretty close <laughs> things are starting to get intimate the angel wings are a metaphor for his uh boner yeah mm-hmm. so as they go out yeah he's like getting hard so it's like the hulk thing but then what happens is they turn into blades uh, into blades and then right as she's not on suspecting it whooshing, <laughs> decapitates her decapitated yeah judge's head doom, 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 on the floor there's a guard outside he's like uh, excuse me, ma'am. John Travolta and Michael, who we haven't seen in the rest of the movie, has voice mimicking powers. <laughs> so he mimics it just a voice like, oh, it's fine. He, we're still in here. This is, And then what he does is he opens the window, flies out, breaks everybody else out of prison, murders five police guards. They get in a car and they're mm. gone. Yes. And that's how they got free. But Travolta, Michael immediately is like, hey, the world's largest non-stick frying pan's coming out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Now, here, Wait, it's segue after my bit. Yes. <laughs> so 
here's the question, and either of you can answer this. Does this imply that there is a perhaps a larger frying pan that's non, that is not nonstick? That is not nonstick. Is this a technicality? Well, I think we have an answer for this. It's called Google. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, going to look up. doing right now. I'm looking up world's largest frying fan. I think this is worth a Google. Ooh, this looks delicious. The food they're cooking in it. <laughs> um, they cook food in it. Yeah, it's a nonstick frying pan. But they, this one is huge. In the movie, this, they, okay, so the world's largest frying pan, frying pan holds 200 gallons of cooking oil, but it's not nonstick. Ooh, where's it at? It is in. Actually, doesn't say. I have to like. It doesn't say in this article. I'm gonna go look it up. How lame is that? Of course, I'm gonna want to know where it is. Um. All right, where where is it? North Carolina. Okay. So Where's we've di- we've discovered the the uh, the game that they're playing in in Illinois. Yeah, and actually, right. the world's largest non-stick frying pan is in Maine. What? Pittsfield. They lied to did, us. They, did Maine just say, hey, "Fuck you, Illinois"? And fuck build, you, build a, Iowa. Build a larger one. Wait, well, they're in Illinois at this. They're point, in Illinois. They cross the border. Yeah. So Illinois is something more than just Chicago. Yeah. Believe it or not, because uh, Michael's like world's largest non-stick frying pan's coming up right over the border. Stop. And, and he doesn't like, want to stop. Hurt does not want to stop. He's like, no, we're. Gonna He's keep like, going. you have three seconds to. He says you have ten seconds. Ten seconds to your mind. And, and like he says three, ten hippopotamus, nine, nine hippopotamus. hippopotamus. And then he says like, oh, three, two, one, and pops the tire that. in the car. <laughs> and the tire. And then what happens after that? Um, for folks who haven't seen this movie, is Bill Hurt loses control of the car. Yeah. It goes into a spiral spin on the road. Terrible accident. Um, nobody except for um, Dorothy and Michael survive, yeah. but Dorothy's all cut up and like yeah. her legs mm-hmm. are both broken. She's crawling herself out of the broken glass. Her hands are getting cut up. She looks up. Who does he see? Michael. Michael. Uncut, unchanged, unweathered. Just and she's like, like the smile. Why? She looks up and she sees him. She says, Why? And Michael just says. Want to see the world's largest nonstick frying pan? <laughs> and then steps on her head and squishes her brains out. And then he takes Sparky and walks away. Cut to black. That's the movie Michael. Well, you're, you're so what part, was? Though. You're missing a part where he takes their corpses to the largest frying pan, <laughs> cooks, oh. them <laughs> cooks them up, cooks them up, and then he feeds, feeds it to Sparky. Yeah. Oh God. See, this is why we needed Michael on a yes. Michael podcast. He knows how they think. <laughs> He True. knows that's what he would have... He, he knows Mike. He so knows that's Mike. That's probably what I would have done. You don't, Michaels don't leave... Was that a Mike move, Michael? Or was that a Mikey move? Or was that a this Michael move? This is a move? Mikey move. This is a yeah. Mikey move. <laughs> this, this is a, a pro-Mikey sure move. <laughs> okay, no. None of that actually happens. They just pop a tire. It's actually really safe. And then they're stranded on the side of the road. And then Michael goes to the largest nonstick frying pan. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're chilling on the side of the road. And then a truck pulls up of a newlywed couple... Yeah, well, they they're talking about how miracles don't exist, and Hertz very skeptical of everything. Cool. And then he's like, "If a miracle were real, a car there's no cars on this road. Nothing's ever gonna pull up. That would be a miracle." Something pull, and then a car pulls up and stops. New little car. It's a miracle. <laughs> or just you know what probably would have happened either way. Um, but yeah, it pulls up, and this new little couple they head down to the uh, the frying pan and pick up Michael. And then they head on forward 
to another like country bar. Mm. Another country bar. Yes. This and one's a bit classier. This, it's it's yeah, it's a, it's a different breed of country. Um and so they're just hanging around. The order like two of every piece of pie <laughs> available in in the place. It's like 30 pieces of pie total. And they also start going for it. Uh, tr- Michael tries to claim he invented pie. And they're all like, really? And he's like, nah, I'm just getting with you. And I thought that was a pretty good bit. It was, it was decent. You know, you know I, I think, you know, if you're an angel, I, I, you should frequently fake out that you uh, invented pie. <laughs> yeah, I think. So. I mean, it just goes to show that he's a narcissistic liar. Yeah. But then he, he looks at Annie McDowell and says, all right, cashing in the chip, sing your song about, sing your song about pie. She's, they're like, you have a song about pie? And she's like, yeah. Well, and, so uh, this has been like a small bit throughout the whole film. Oh, yeah, she writes country she music. She finds herself in like situations where she writes song lyrics to what they're experiencing. So when they're stranded on the side of the road, she does something about her husband. Like, um, what was it? He, we fell in love and something... Like, what was the rhyme? I know the, I have the whole pie song pulled up. And then that was that or something like that. I don't know. You have the whole pie song. Well, I read this interview with Andy McDowell uh, talking about this movie. Uh, She talked about how great of an experience making this movie was and how great of a time she like, how much she loves this movie and whatnot. Oh, good for her. Um, And she says that every year, multiple people ask her to sing the pie song. Like just come up to her on the street and are like, sing the pie song. Today. Yes, even today. Up to nowadays. This interview this interview is in 2019. It's almost been 30 years. Yes. Wow. And people still come up and ask her about the pie song. And the lyrics are pie, pie, me oh my. Nothing tastes sweet, wet, salty, and dry. Apple, pumpkin, minced and wet bottom. Come to your place every day if you got them. Pie, pie, me oh my. I love pie. What what's happening right now is Michael, our composer, is like, jumped out a window. He literally is just type making a, a sheet music for it. I think he's yeah. doing like a piano bass, and then he's adding some strings and some timpani and <laughs> percussion instruments to True. it. And then there's going to be an, an insane guitar solo that goes with it. Bah, bah, Michael, oh do you think you could pull this off for our for our episode? Like we can just like when we release. This episode will release like a Michael Van Bodegem Smith version of the Pie song. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll, I'll think about it. <laughs> I'll think about it. I thought I thought it was a dumb idea at first, and now now he's coming around on it. Trying to think, I'm a, I can't do it. I was trying to do an Iowa accent, but what even are those? You know? um, it's like an Illinois accent, but what is also an Illinois accent? <laughs> Just Midwest. Not you know Chicago or something like that. Where does is just Midwest? Where yeah, we I feel speak. like they really cheaped out on the budget for the pie song. I mean, that should have been the, like the full budget band song. Do you think not the other stupid one? Do you think like, Randy Newman was just like hanging out at home and he was like eating a slice of pie and he was just like pie pie of pie <laughs> <laughs> and he's like I think he goes up to Nora and he's like hey you gotta put this in the movie <laughs> yeah so she sings her country song up on the stage yes. Bill Hurd is like, do you have any other songs? She's like, well, oh. and then she goes up on, they convince her to go up on stage. And that's when she sings 
a song that has like a collection of all of her verses that she was yeah, writing, she's writing throughout, throughout the movie. Like being yeah. sitting on the side of a road in the middle of nowhere. Wow. Jeff's like got this memorized, yeah. folks. Yeah. I just remember that's the opening. Right. I actually really like that song. It's a, it was a, I think it was a really nicely was, performed song. You know, it, it was a little bit of a banger. No. A little bit of a banger. I went on YouTube to check out the two, like this part of the scene yeah. last night. And the, the me, my, like the, the it's like 30 seconds of the me, my, I love pie song has like four times the views that the, like the sitting on the side of the road <laughs> song and like way less dislikes than the sitting on the road. You know. So the audience, you know, they, they don't want that. They, they want, want pie. the pie song. Sure, they, they, they. Yeah. Well, this movie started the, the run on the pie markets in 1996. Yeah. It nearly collapsed. You the know, industry. John Travolta's movie starts trends, and yeah. this movie started the pie trend. Yes. Pie core. Yeah. Pie core. Um, <laughs> we got to get to this next bit because this is when uh, Dorothy and uh, what's William yeah. Hurt's character's name again? Uh, Frank. Frank. They, he re- he like kind of falls in love with her she sings the song yeah and so they're outside their motel room wait 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 quickly quickly there's a part during the song where she's like i've always felt like i've had an angel watching me and in the in the audience travolta like sticks his hand up and like gives her like one of the uh (laughs) 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 yeah (laughs) he's a murderer Uh, but it's funny um, she calls him out too. She's like, "Angels make mistakes." Yeah, and he's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Wait, huh? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about?" He's like, "I've done nothing wrong in my entire life. <laughs> no, not one bit." Mm. Um, <clears throat> so they are outside their motel rooms talking, and there's definitely some tension going on between them. What I want to talk about in this scene is the kiss. Yes, because the kiss is like so awkward. Yes, um, when. He like they like try to walk away from each other, but they're still holding hands, so they don't separate from each other. And then yeah. they pull themselves back together, and then like she's like up three steps on a staircase, but he's like on the ground floor, yeah. so she's like slightly higher up than him. So, like the the contortions they have to make yeah. in order to kiss like make it really awkward. Yeah. And then on top of that, they're acting like it's kind of an awkward thing yeah. happening as well so the combination of it like just watching the scene go down i'm like what are they what are they gonna kiss like oh uh, uh, there's this uh, long there's this long uh, business about her being like what room are you in and she's like four and he's like where is that and she's like second floor and he's like but where, where? and she's like right there and he's like oh above oh, my room above my room and then they kiss and make out and have sex and then it's like you want to go to my room it's like actually you can come to my room yeah and so he goes to her room and then they have sex and then at the same time michael's Michael, dancing around with another girl with a wait with waitress, from, waitress. The, from the bar yeah. And then they have sex. And then they have sex. And then we cut to Robert Pastorelli. <laughs> She's walking around with Sparky. Poor guy. And oh, he gets in. Listen. He, it's established he has a wife who he loves very much. I think of all scenes we well, should choose to not talk about in the podcast. Well, I, sh- I think we should well, not talk well, about this scene because it might disturb some of our Here, listeners. He, he lays in the bed with Sparky. No, and, Jeff. And no, I really no, think we no, should no, just no, skip no. this scene. And, no, and, for, and, really... for, and for a second, <laughs> I'm just like, is he about to fuck that dog? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was hearing the up and the over. You know? It's like very established that the other two like are going to have sex. And he can hear. He's aware of it. He's like, oh, I miss my wife. And then he like looks at Sparky. And I'm like, is this about, is that about to happen? <laughs> 
Again, we're going to skip this scene because then what happens next is worse than you could probably ever imagine. Yeah. Well, he does not have sex with Sparky. Uh, it, presumably. Presumably. Presumably, yeah. Presum- I, I don't <laughs> but Presumably Sparky's virginity is kept intact. Yeah. But the, Sparky, the, he was really eager to get out of the room when he opened the he, door. He though. really was <laughs> eager. He was very eager. But they very wake up the next morning, Sparky runs out of the room. Yep. Um, and Sparky runs over to Michael, who's sitting on a bench, um, looking out over the, the like, field and he's his he's starting to shed wings or feathers yeah he's dying and he just looks at spark and he's like no matter what they tell you you can have as much sugar as you want and he's like you know i'm gonna miss this place i'm gonna miss a lot of it um and then on the other side they're packing up the car and andy mcdowell's like sparky come here uh, and sparky's running at him um and Sparky crosses the street, and then a truck comes around the bend, and they're like, "Sparky!" Sparky. And Sparky's still running. They're like, "No, no, no!" And then <laughs> Sparky gets immediately like destroyed. Sparky's dead. Yes, very eyes of an angel vibes with that dog running. Uh, <laughs> except it doesn't run across the country. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're not joking about this, folks. Yeah, Sparky, Sparky actually does run across He's- the street and gets plastered by, <laughs> by a truck not a um, car by a his semi-truck. body is in shockingly yeah. good shape for what hit yeah him. there's not a lot of blood stains on He's the just, street it's like a, a dummy doll or yeah a dog dog is dead and then they're all crying mm. about the dog and then uh frank william Hurd goes up to michael and says bring, bring him, him back. back and he's like it's not my department it's like what is your department then yeah. Which is a very valid question yes. to ask, you know, an almighty, yeah. immortal deity, basically, yeah. of like, what can you do then? And so then Michael... And he's like, you bring him back. You bring him back. Or nothing. And, and uh, so Michael grabs Sparky. Holds him in his hands and wraps him in his wings. His wings do the extended yeah. thing, like we talked and about. And they wrap around. The they cocoon Sparky. They cocoon Sparky. And then Sparky comes back to yeah, life. Yeah, Sparky comes back to life. Yeah. They save him. Nothing weirder happens than that. Yeah. I wish. Um, but nothing weirder. And everyone, everyone's happy. And then this is the point where Andy McDowell confesses that, that she, she's not an angel yeah. expert. <laughs> oh, my God. Shocker. What? Oh. What? She is, in fact, a dog trainer. Yeah. Who was hired by Bob Hoskins because he didn't think that uh, they would be able to get the angel. And she was going to train Sparky to appeal to, to be owned by him. Yeah. Um. And she's like, I'm so sorry for this deception. Um, yeah, like yeah. she was in on it with uh, Bob Hoskins. Yeah, and oh. so Frank, like, kind of is like, no, none of this. Um, uh, he's like, no, we're not, we had sex, but we're not in love anymore. And Michael's a little disappointed about this. <laughs> but they go to Chicago. Uh, yeah, they. After this, they head right to Chicago. Yeah. They're approaching from the south. But the, we had the same problem on Chains of Gold. Oh, yeah. You caught it, too. Yeah. Didn't you? We, we, Stuart and I both live in Chicago. Michael, you used to live here. Oh, yeah. They're, I know the highway they were driving yeah, on. They're driving <laughs> from the south to the north. Lakeshore Drive. Yeah. But they're approaching uh, they're driving, on Lakeshore Drive from the north. Yeah. yeah. They're you driving can, southbound. They're driving southbound towards the Hancock Tower, which would require them to be coming from Wisconsin. Right. Yep. Which That's means exactly what I said. Which means they took the <laughs> longest possible route. Because normally you would just be getting on 290 and yeah. then getting through Ida Wells, yeah. and then you're in downtown Chicago. Yeah. But no, in this one, 
They're going through Lakeshore Drive. I'm pretty sure Hurt was like, oh, I missed an exit, and they had to loop around. It had to be. I mean, would they have to go that far around? And the guy's dying in the car. Yeah. Did, <laughs> Michael's did, dying. I don't have much oh, yeah. time. We, I was oh, going to yeah, say, did we establish just... that like Michael is like dying in the car while this is happening? <laughs> he's slowly shedding feathers. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, he's like the scenic road. The corpse in the back scene. Um they um <laughs> the uh they get him into downtown Chicago and they're carrying him and they lay him down. They're like, Michael, look, it's the Sears Tower, it's the tallest building in the world. He's like, Wow. And then he dies. Then he dies. He says something yeah. like prophetic to them. He's like, oh, man. He's like, I failed or something I like failed. that. I failed. He's like, you didn't fail, Michael. And he's like, I hope to be back Yeah, and he, and he falls and he fades away into a pile of feathers that all blow away. Yeah. Very sad. Michael dies. There's 20 minutes left in the movie. Yes. <laughs> Somehow. Um, <laughs> all the characters, they go back to Bob Hoskins. Oh, it's a fucking angel. It's a fucking angel. And uh, it was a hoax. And it's a hoax. Fake wings, all that. And Bob Hoskins like, all right, so I get the dog. And so then I get the Andy dog. And like, fine. sorry, I can't train this dog. Untrainable. And so he's forced to keep Huey on staff so but, he can support his family. But Frank quits. Frank quits. Yeah. Um, And then we get like a five-minute montage of... Frank and Dorothy and McDowell just walking around Chicago seeing like signs. Well, because doesn't Frank, he like kind of. He tells her Dor- we're done. He tells Dorothy we're done. Or he, he tells her like, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. And she says, I thought that you had died. Like the one who's lying and just like apathetic about things. Yeah. Um, and so they split up and that's a montage. It starts with the third instance of this happening in this movie. Where he's waiting for a train, and then the music kicks in, and it's like, I took a trip on a train. Oh, my God. <laughs> third time it happens in this movie where a very literal song lyric is uh, displayed. And this is when he's on, like, the train platform, right? Yeah, he's on and the L. he looks across the train yeah. uh, tracks, and he sees a poster that says... Michael. Michael. Michael Angelo. Angelo. Well, it says Michael, and then there's Somebody like... Moves. there's a. There's like people standing in front of it, and the gaps say Michael Angel. Yeah, and then they step apart and says oh, Michael yeah. Angelo, which is the uh, quintessential growth of from Mike to Mikey to Michael to Michelangelo. Yes, you know, it's true. It's like the evolution yeah. of Michaels that's going on. And uh, Dorothy sees the same thing, and she puts her finger like on the God's the, finger. It's the, the Adam the point Adam thing. being toyed by God thing. Yeah, and she points at it, and like she's been touched by an angel. Oh yeah, um, but she doesn't have. But the eyes of an angel. But this whole this whole montage continues, and he just keeps seeing signs of like um, pasta. But her, yeah, he goes to an Italian restaurant. He's served by Richard Schiff, who's like yeah. a real actor. <laughs> I don't know why he's in this movie for one line. He pops up, and he's just like, "You want angel hair pasta?" <laughs> I'm like, Richard, what are you doing here? Man, that was weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's very strange. Um, but like she's at a Starbucks or something, and the the there's a woman at the counter is like, "Can I get an angel angel cake?" There's a lot of just like angels being like the word angel just being seen around. Yeah. Um. And finally, hurts oh, walking by, and he's like, "I don't believe in miracles. If I did, a car would pull around the. I would turn right out of a train platform. A car would pull by. The tire would pop, and the woman in the dreams would get out." He emerged from a train platform. Later, he turns left. But right. the car still shows up, tire pops, two dudes get out. Yeah. But then he looks across the street and he sees a figure in his coat. 
And he gave hair. Michael his coat earlier. And the hair. And the hair. And the, the hair. luscious hair. The number six ranked the hair. Number six, number ranked, six hair. Yeah. ranked hair. And also, do you guys like that it's a movie about angels and I ranked it number six? <laughs> Just trying to keep it poetic here. <laughs> um, and so he starts chasing uh, Michael, who keeps who starts running. He yep. runs down an alley. And he emerged from the outside. Michael's gone. Who does he run into? Dorothy. Who had also been chasing Michael. And she's like, he was over there. And so they found each other. Yeah. And then he's and just then like, he just he's said, just like, do you want to marry me? And she says, no. He says, do you want to marry me? No. Do you want to marry me? No. Do you want to, can you please marry me? Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. And then they like hold hands and they walk across the street out of a freeze random frame. building. Freeze frame. Well, first out of a random building, Michael emerges and who comes out with him? Pansy, Pansy. the old woman. The dead um, woman. Signifying that he is an angel of death. Um, and the and then Michael freezes time. Uh, Hurt and Annie McDowell are like frozen in the middle of the street. Uh, and Michael they're... and Pansy just start dancing, and they dance around this freeze frame. Yeah. And then directed by Nora Ephron, <laughs> written and directed. Yeah. You know what? It's weird. They pointed. To, he was like, "What are you doing here?" She's like, "I live two blocks that way." And then he's like, "Oh, great!" After they get engaged they walk the other way and i was like wait they're, where are you going right, going to, they're right to the church <laughs> right to the church right to the church they're doing it right now yeah michael's presiding yeah mike oh my god oh, that would have been the best scene mm-hmm. in the movie yeah. they actually got the, married uh, in michael yeah. Yeah. that's me michael's that's how it opens oh the marriage the, yeah. the wedding so scene. having talked about this whole movie yeah first i gotta ask michael in terms of like Michaelisms. How are we feeling? Uh, you know, I do feel like Michaels have a inner desire to see big things, like you know, <laughs> biggest ball of twine, frying pan. Like you like big things. Yeah, you like big things. You know, you there are a lot of Michaels out there. You, you got to feel like you stand out. But you know, I, I feel like he was Mike for too long. Mm. Too much of the movie was Mike. You know, not enough, wasn't enough Michael action. Michelangelo, that, that that was only at the very end. That was okay. <laughs> but the, the balance between Mike, Mikey, and Michael was like all out of whack, man. Like, mm. What's going on, you know? And and as a Michael, what would your ideal representation of like a Michael be in a movie? Like if you could if you could make a Michael if you could remake this movie. Okay. Who who would well, be playing first thing Michael? I would do I would you know, he John Travolta, he can still play Michael, but we got to change that poster. We got to like, change the poster <laughs> immediately. Yeah, that that's that's like a I don't know. Well, I don't, I can't think of the name for that poster. Maybe like a Jeff or something, but <laughs> uh, Jeff. Definitely not a Michael. No, uh, that's like a oh, What's that Richard? That's a Richard poster. Like, um but yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's so creepy. So we are going to change very that. Disturbed. You know what, Michael? It should actually have a, a purpose. You know, Michael's not here on company time. You know, he's he's investing his time here, and to, for what? You know, for what? Mm-hmm. In this movie, these two like lame people half like they half ass each other and fall in love half you know haphazardly. Michael's would do better than that. They'd at least like foster some puppies along the way, or or something. Hell, like Sparky would have like a family, mm-hmm. and I would make that happen. Like, come on. <laughs> I think the ideal version of this movie 
is rather than Michael being on a road trip with three people, he should be on a road trip with three other Michaels. Oh. All of them played by John Travolta. And Are they all angels? He's like a f- yes, and he's like it's like a Freudian exercise where he's with different versions of his own self and he needs to reconcile them. And that way we can have Mike, Mikey, Michelangelo, and Michael all in the same movie. Oh, simultaneously. I like this idea. And at the end, they all morph back into like one pure Michael. That that is the idealized version of to me. Listen, I just wish they leaned more into Michael being a psychopathic serial <laughs> killer. That's all oh, I yeah. want. You want to see a movie about an angel it. being a murderer? Yeah. Have you seen Legion with uh uh Paul Bettany? I've not. It's about an angel killing people. Mm. Interesting. Yep. It's pretty rad. Yeah. The, pretty that, rad. That, that's the plot of this movie. It is. Movie comes out in nineteen ninety six, makes hundred and twenty million dollars. Uh, and remind me again what the budget was. I could not find the budget. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't find uh, it. Either. It's not a mega hit, but it's also not like a it's flop. a success. Yeah, I would guess the budget for the summer like thirty to forty mil. Okay, um, makes back its money, makes enough of a little profit for New Line for them to be like, all right, Travolta's still he's still he's still doing it. Yeah, uh, movie does not get great reviews. Has thirty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a bad movie. But you know who is a fan of it? Roger Ebert. Really? Roger Ebert gives this movie three out of four stars. Whoa. What? Um, he describes... I'm trying. I'm bringing up his, uh, his review because there's some good stuff in here. Um, <laughs> he's just like roasting Bob Hoskins at one point. He's like, yeah, he's, he's playing sleazy like usual. Yeah. But in a good way. Um, he says that the, the, the heart of this movie takes place in Iowa and is hard to describe because it consists more of a mood than a plot. The character evokes Michael as a character of whimsical, petulant, brilliant, perplexing charm. Travolta plays the angel as a tourist who has grown fond of Earth during many previous visits and regrets that this one is his last blast. Um, Ebert, very hot on Travolta in this movie and very hot on this movie. Yeah. Like he talks about, he his biggest thing is he says all the good things in this movie are charmingly inconsequential, like when McDowell sings a Randy Newman song about pie, or when Travolta starts dancing to Chain of Fools in a Roadhouse. Um, but he basically is just he enjoys this movie as an inconsequential charmer, mm. which is the same way that I'm coming at it. And that this movie, like, there's nothing crazy. There's no like big thematic point. It's just trying to be a charming little story about some people finding redemption with an angel. And for that, that's why I kind of like this movie. No, I... I, I <laughs> you I, you I, can't. I, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, sorry, Roger. Sorry, Roger Deaver. Uh No, this this movie to me was just a bunch of hob, not hobwash. And hogwash. 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 And, uh, didn't really tie many pieces mm. together for me. And so I... It wasn't my favorite John Travolta performance. It wasn't the plot itself was very thin and weak, and mm-hmm. I didn't see much growth in any characters. And to me, I yeah. just yeah. I would not rewatch this film. I would definitely rewatch Phenomenon more or uh, Broken Arrow. But Michael, you know, one and done for me. That's that's what it would be. <laughs> unfortunately, it was a nice mood setter for like an hour. Yeah, it's more like kind of Ebert said. It's more of a mood than a movie. Not much of a plot. I was hoping that there would be something mind-blowing at the end, out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. the, the psychopath plot, that could have happened. Or... My, my biggest beef with this yeah. movie, Travolta never flies. He never flies. He has wings, he never flies. Right. Almost I want to s- yeah. see him just <gasps> take off. I mean, 
early in the movie she said, well, he's the type of angel that doesn't fly. It's disappointing. Because the wings are like... Sounds like a cop-out. It, it is a cop-out. Yes. It sounds like they don't have the budget to make him fly. Yeah. Yeah. So, or he's too fat. He can't. <laughs> he uh, can't get. He can't, can't get off the ground. Off the ground. God, so many I'm jokes that they could have made about that that they mm. missed. Yeah, they didn't even really acknowledge that at all. Like, no, not really. Yeah, he, he's got a weight problem. He want, it's like a Pulp Fiction. You know, he's got a he's got a weight problem. I don't know if I call him fat. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't do any research to this movie before I watched it. I just went on Amazon, rented it, and I did not expect it to be like a romance at all and uh you know it's, it's yeah it's a it's a, a tried and true romantic comedy yeah yeah but so d- didn't really <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i want to be with you jeff but i think i might be more on steward's side here like i mean uh, you know. that's just how my life goes <laughs> um so do we have any final thoughts before we take off jeff um that's basically the extent of my thoughts you know it's just continuing travolta's hot streak around this time yeah he's he's a-list he's doing it he's doing it his face is selling movies still is the big change we're having at this point in his career yeah because in in the the late 80s early 90s period we talked about uh begrudgingly at times he's not the selling point he wasn't the selling point but michael is literally poster that just is a movie that's sold with just his face and the word michael yeah and yep. that just is showing, like, where he's at at this point in his career. Yeah. And will continue to be for at least a little bit longer. And he's, I I mean, yeah, the movie's called Michael, but would you really call this, like, a John Travolta leading role movie? This is a Bill Hurt movie. This is the equivalent of Beetlejuice. Yeah. Where Beetlejuice is hardly in that movie. Yeah. I always forget mm-hmm. that every time I watch Beetlejuice, he's in, like, seven minutes of the movie. <laughs> Maybe. Right. It's about, uh. It's about Alec Baldwin. I thought it was about Winona Ryder. Well, Alec Baldwin, Winona Ryder, and Gina yeah. Davis. They're a little triptych. Yeah. Um, but B- Michael Keaton pops up at, like, essential moments. And yeah. this is the same thing where it's called Michael, but it's about Hurt and McDowell. Yeah. Uh, and he's just there to kind of be this this force. Yeah. And just him being, like, the supporting side role, even yeah. though it's, like, the central focus, you might yeah. say, is uh, he's the main selling main draw. He's the main selling point. He's the main, like, plot driver, but he's the secondary, like character mm-hmm. yeah right My, michael well, any any final thoughts on this movie you know i i want to give a shout out again to mr randy newman hell yeah um, made, made it less boring to me <laughs> but um what's your favorite even the music didn't have a ton of development either i think there was just not, not much for him to work with there um in terms of character development and so and if, if if Randy Newman can't sell it, that means the plot was too thin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite I, I Randy score? I guess it's a Christmas score. movie too. I I keep forgetting that it's like a Christmas release movie. It is. A yeah, Christmas this is movie. kind of a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh God, I forget about that. What if Randy Newman Somehow. just started like belting out Christmas music during this? Right. Yeah, I don't know. No. Nope. Jeff, would you watch it again? I would not like actively be like I'm gonna watch Michael again, but I would watch Michael like again if it was on TV or something. Not that like we're ever just on. Not that movies are ever just like on TV for me anymore. So I don't have cable. But if like hypothetically that happened, I would watch Michael again. Hmm. Wow. What about you? Uh, no. <laughs> hard, hard, <laughs> okay. hard no. Hard no. Okay. I, well, I, I, I would. I would not rewatch note. this movie. Um. Yeah. 
Sorry. Sorry, um, Nora. Just not it for me. Not it for me, unfortunately. Wasn't the vibe. Wasn't, Wasn't the vibe? If he had started killing people for real... <laughs> you would have uh, been then, there for Then it. I would have been there for something. So much potential. Uh, so a Michael remake, though. Oh, yeah. Mike. Wait a second. Before we close out, oh. we got to mention this piece of trivia. Yeah. It, as always, it's IMDb trivia. Very apro- apocryphal, which is why I try and not pull from it too much um, without a secondary source. But this is too entertaining to not, <laughs> to not mention um, as a potential end. A sequel has been in the works for nearly 20 years. Travolta consistently calls it his finest work. <laughs> Expected 2020. Uh, and it's 2021. Still no word on this Michael sequel. <laughs> I can also not find a much word on the sequel from like history. I feel like right after the movie came out, they're like, all right, guys, we're doing a Michael 2. I feel like our sound. description of Michael's was a, a hit. A, a real winner. Hit. Guaranteed. Definitely. A real winner for him. Yeah. Yeah. They can make him fly now, too. It's cheaper. <laughs> like, I want to see him fly. Yeah, they can they can CGI that now. Yeah, pretty easily, too. So. Well, maybe the pandemic set them back. Maybe they were supposed to. <laughs> what if they were dead? I was about to start filming Michael, too. Oh, my God. Right before the pandemic. Who's to say, man? Who's to say? Or maybe they recast John Travolta. Ooh, no, no way. I'm not seeing Michael, too, unless he's in it. Yeah, so, I mean, I would say same here. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Uh, John, call us about Michael's. We'll sell our pitch to you for a low price. Speak for yourself. <laughs> it's fucking gold. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, anyone have any final thoughts? Anything they want to plug? Not D- for me. All right, then. No, uh, I don't think so. No. All right. All right. Then <laughs> to our audience, thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure to tune in next week for our episode on She's So Lovely, a mm-hmm. Nick Cassavetes film. Uh, please make sure to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, all of the above, anywhere and anywhere you want to listen. You can find us at Travolting Pod on Twitter or Instagram for updates and fun stuff. Pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Email any comments or questions to TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. Find me on Instagram, at StuartElmore95. Special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, as always. And in person, let's give a special round of applause to Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for our theme music. Yeah. The new iteration, uh, which we've been hearing some lovely things about from our listeners. So thank you all so much. Yeah. And thank thank you, you, Michael, for... Hitting us with two versions so far. Oh, sure. And thank you for having me today, too. It's yeah. nice to talk about a fellow Michael. <laughs> nice to that. talk about your people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll call it. Uh, catch you next week for She's So Lovely. Thank you, folks. Bye. Bye.